Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital extends its healing mission beyond its hospital doors as it presents this vital podcast series. It's Your Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. We have such a cool topic today and something pretty unique. The Apple Watch is getting a new feature that can monitor heart health. And here to tell us why that matters is my guest, Dr. David Joseph Cho. He's a cardiologist and a member of the medical staff at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Dr. Cho, personal health tech is pretty common already with wearable devices for fitness and sleep studies for sleep disorders and Holter monitors. and I mean, so at home technical devices that involve our health are already on the market. Tell us a little bit about the new wave of wearable monitoring devices. What are you seeing going on? Hi, Melanie. Thanks for having me on the on the program today. It's a great honor to be here. Um, yeah, this is a very exciting time to be in medicine. I think uh, one of the greatest things about the rise of these more mobile technologies um, that are connecting patients and physicians and patients with other patients is really how, in the long term, this is, has the power to potentially change how we interact with patients and how patients manage their own disease. Uh, as, you, as many readers or patients may be familiar with, the usual standard is you go into your doctor, you have a 10, 15-minute, sometimes 5-minute visit with your physician, and it's sort of this brief touch point where they give you a set of instructions and then you go home and you're sort of released to the wild. Um, and one of the great things about this is um, with the rise of new technologies is our ability to hopefully improve our outcomes by being able to keep track of disease um, more mobily and you know, more convenient to the patient as well. Well, I think even telemedicine fits into that description, Dr. Cho, and really it's it's kind of definitely a burgeoning situation with telemedicine. But we're talking today about the new Apple Watch. What's unique about this watch, and how do cardiologists feel about it? So the new Apple Watch is, the, to my knowledge, um, the first integrated smartwatch that also has the capability to record a single-lead EKG. Um, now, for the listeners, an EKG is usually just a electrical rhythm analysis of the heart, and it sort of is able to tell us if you're in a normal rhythm, abnormal rhythm. And this is one of the first direct-to-consumer devices that integrates with the smartwatch uh, directly from a big player such as Apple. Uh, there was another device, or is another device on market currently, uh, called AliveCore, which is about the size of sort of two bubblegum sticks, uh, which is also able to record a single lead EKG, um, and they also, before the Apple Watch came out, created, modified their modified their uh, product to be able to record an EKG through the Apple Watch band, but Apple has sort of one-upped them by vertically integrating it directly into the watch itself, which is uh, a big deal and can change our field drastically moving forward. Who would it help? I mean, where do you see this making the most difference? If someone has a single lead EKG on their wrist, are they looking at it constantly? Do they even know what they're looking at? Who Who is this for, do you think? So that's, that's the, one of the great issues that's sort of uh, been coming, uh, having great discussion online, through social media, through uh, cardiologists, and even patients wondering, you know, who this benefits. I like to think of the Apple Watch as, you know, almost a double-edged sword. Um, no news is sometimes good news. And, you know, if patients are suddenly getting EKG alerts that they may have atrial fibrillation without properly understanding the context, you can imagine that that could lead to a whole rush of you know, influx of patients coming to the doctor's office 
in fear and saying, oh my gosh, I have atrial fibrillation. Do I really have this? What does this mean? Uh, for physicians, uh, we are a little hesitant as well because um, a lot of this, if it's not really atrial fibrillation, meaning it's a false positive screen, uh, where, the, where the Apple Watch tells you you have atrial fibrillation and you do not, um, can actually lead to a lot of downstream testing, which may or may not be necessarily appropriate. And you can imagine that could potentially lead to wasted dollars, inefficient care, and potential harm to the patient if they undergo procedures that carry some risk, which have limited benefit. Um, on the flip side, however, um, having the access to people who would benefit from having an EKG, it's a very limited population. Um, it is actually, I see it having the greatest use in patients who have what's known as paroxysmal atrial fibrillation, where they're not always in atrial fibrillation, but it sort of comes and goes um, here and there, and patients can be pretty symptomatic when they have this um, to be able to catch it and make sure that they're on appropriate treatment, or if they are already on treatment, whether they're responsive to the therapy. Um, the accuracy of the watch, uh, the studies are still coming out right now, but it seems to be most accurate in uh, middle-aged to elderly patients who have this condition, and it's less accurate, less sensitive for the younger patients. And it's this sort of small subset of highly symptomatic paroxysmal or sudden atrial fibrillation, which um, I see this having the greatest benefit. However, Apple doesn't necessarily see that this is, you know, that their target demographic and they're trying to unroll and enroll as many patients as they can um, to sell as many watches as they can. So it will be up to the clinician and a well-informed patient, I think, to really make use of who benefits from the Apple Watch and how to interpret that data. Well, as I was doing my research for this segment, AFib and paroxysmal atrial fibrillation is what I thought of because then, wow, somebody knows if they're having an episode or, you know, and that would help them for their stroke risk and all of those other things. But can it also cause unnecessary anxiety? You mentioned false positive tests, which could lead to unnecessary further tests. But I think that the anxiety of staring at an EKG lead all day or exercising, stopping to look at it, see what's going on, would cause anxiety that, like you know, is better left not there. I could totally see that viewpoint, and part of me definitely agrees with that as well. Um, I honestly also think that it is up to the, um, if up to the patient or the whoever is wearing the watch, and a lot of their personality. I mean, if if there's someone who's you know, constantly going to monitor and look for problems, um, certainly this watch would not be really good for them as well. Um, there are certain other people who may just, you know, wear the watch, say, oh, you may have an abnormal rhythm, and they will just say, okay, I'll just get this checked out. So it's it's kind of hard to predict who would have a lot of anxiety and who wouldn't, but I feel that if someone is predisposed to maybe having an anxious personality about their medical problems, Yes, I definitely think it it could potentially enhance their anxiety. Um, But I also see that it could potentially relieve a lot of patients' anxiety if they, you know, they're having palpitations, they think they're in atrial fibrillation, and their EKG says, you know, no atrial fibrillation detected. It sort of can also be reassuring as well. I think it's really just about educating and informing patients that, you know, this may not necessarily change outcomes because that evidence is definitely not there. This is all about being able to detect atrial fibrillation, silent or symptomatic, and sort of figuring out, well, now we have these vast sums of data. What can we, how can we parse through this to figure out what's relevant and irrelevant? So I like to think of this as the early days of the Internet where people were just sort of figuring out 
how to use it, what this is for, and how it fits into their day-to-day life and how this fits into our day-to-day life as a physician, but it definitely is exciting. Then who reads it? Because, I mean, the average person doesn't know how to read a key, an EKG. Who's reading it? And since this is a healthcare device, and, and we're talking about a fib in a way here as well, does Apple need approval from federal regulators? They already, I believe, have gotten FDA approval for their device to be able to detect atrial fibrillation. And from my understanding, they're able to save their EKG as a PDF to share um, with their providers and also to keep for their own personal records. Uh, There's also a big study that I believe is either wrapping up or has already been completed up at Stanford, uh, led by um, Dr. Mintu Tarakia at Stanford University with a collaboration, I believe, with Duke as well, where Apple Watch um, wearers can enroll in in a mobile clinical health study where their EKGs are uploaded to Apple and shared, de-identified and shared with Stanford for analysis. But for the average user, you can save your EKG and share it with your provider when you go to the visit as a PDF file. Okay, so if you can share it with your provider, but you don't necessarily know, I mean, maybe you see something different than the normal waves that you see, that's when you would maybe share it with your provider. How do you see physicians involved in this? And as you wrap it up for us, Dr. Cho, what would you like the listeners to know about a cardiologist point of view for something that may help you in the long run to identify something with a patient and yet also might be a little bit of a of a sketchy fine line between patients being their own best health advocate and and doctors being the experts. It's an excellent point and a difficult question to to you know answer and but I'll do the best that I can. I believe that um, there's a fine line between too much data and too little data. Um, How do you parse out clinically relevant data and how do you not? I think physicians ourselves are not personally perfect at that either. Um, And I believe that physicians also need to keep in context about the accuracy of the Apple Watch as it relates to people who um, who have risk factors for atrial fibrillation and knowing that this thing will be more accurate in their older patients more at risk for atrial fibrillation than younger people who are just having a palpitation here or there. Um, And knowing that can sort of help screen one way or the other looking for um, possible downstream health effects. Um, I do believe that the, um, from a cardiologist's point of view, I am sort of a mixed bag. I'm very excited that we have this capability and this technology because I have a lot of patients who come in with palpitations and they don't know what it is and whether they should be concerned or not. And by having caught their EKG at a point in time when they are symptomatic and reviewing it with them together can either, will provide either, should provide reassurance by being able to provide a diagnosis or provide reassurance. If it's normal, that's reassurance. If they have something abnormal needs further testing, then we can talk about what that means and how we go from there. So from a cardiologist's point of view, I think it's imperative that we as a specialty and we as practitioners are very well-versed in the pros, the cons, the shortcomings, and the benefits of these technologies so that we can help patients put it into context to treat them and, moreover, provide reassurance, I think, in the long term. I'd like to add one more thing. I just wanted to let your listeners know that while the Apple Watch has this capability to do EKG recordings, uh, this is not live yet and will become live sometime in the near future. Um, And I also wanted to stress the importance that the Apple Watch and all these digital health tools are no replacement for a well-informed patient and a well-informed discussion with your provider. Um, 
really highlighting the importance of shared decision-making. Well, it certainly does, and I think that that's the main point, right? I mean, Apple may make a lot of money or whatever, but I think the main point is is about patient satisfaction and being your best advocate and working with your provider to see, and if you're somebody with AFib. So thank you so much, Dr. Cho, for coming on and explaining what this watch is all about and so that people can do their own research. And as you said near the beginning, a well-informed patient is one that you physicians prefer. So thank you for saying that. And thank you again for joining us today. You're listening to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. For more information, please visit henrymayo.com. That's henrymayo.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.